Inheritrix Productions. Sheroes and Zeros with the Moxie Sisters. Hey, Moxie friends, Foxy and Roxy here at the top of the show. We just wanted to include a land acknowledgement here as we are celebrating Indigenous Heritage Month in the United States. We are recording from land originally inhabited by the Osage, now Cherokee land post-removal. It's important to acknowledge this land that we, as white women, are privileged to be on. It is beautiful land, and it has an important history, and we are honored to even have our feet on this ground. Hey, y'all. And y'all, go check out your own local history if you don't already know it. Well, hello, Roxy. Hello, Foxy. Hi, Moxie friends. We're back. Yes, it's been a bit, but we're glad to be back. Yes, it's going to be a great day here on the show. We've got some big stuff for you coming your way, but uh, yeah, how are you doing today? Well... It needs to rain really hard so that my head doesn't feel like it's going to pop like a balloon <laughs> under the pressure of the atmospheric happenings that are happening here. Yeah, like for real. My sinuses are just like, oh my God, uh, what is yeah, happening? Not a great sensation. Seasonal allergies, kids. Mm-hmm, same here. Uh, but I mean, I'm in a great mood and I'm same. glad to be here. It's a good day. Yeah, it's a really good day. The weather's pretty and oh, the sun is so shining pretty. and the autumn leaves are beautiful. They it's are. really a, it's a gorgeous time of year where it's, we are. I have to be careful when I'm driving. Same. I'll, I get like lost in the color and the glory <laughs> and I'm about to like... Wait a second. Hang on. This is a very curvy road. I need to pay attention. <laughs> We're driving here. We are driving. <laughs> Okay, well, kids, we are going to be diving into some fabulous subject matter here in a mo, but first, we have previously on, and I was asking Roxy if she had anything, and she said no, so I'm going to carry on with mine. Strain your brain. It's all good. So, last time we discussed familiars on our Witch's Herstory special, and I meant to mention something about cats that maybe not all of our Moxie friends know. This is from Scientific American, quote, Cats purr during both inhalation and exhalation with a consistent pattern and frequency between 25 and 150 hertz. Various investigators have shown that sound frequencies in this range can improve bone density and promote healing, end quote. Mm. So to me, this is magic. And so the next time your little furry baby is purring on you, you can thank them for also healing you. I read that. I I found, I came across that on the internet yeah. i don't know which is a big thing it's Cat you know science. like i could narrow it down but i can't remember right. what the source was. i had to look it up but i was yeah. like yeah i know there's science behind this but so. i remembered that and so when my little familiar like gets on my a specific part of my mm-hmm. body be it a mm-hmm. leg belly whatever and she starts purring i'm like thank you yeah I'm working on doing some cat you magic. You probably know something I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. It's a little science moment, Moxie friends. But yeah, we've got a couple of shout outs. I've actually got kind of a lengthy one, but we also have decided to do a sister duo shout out. This shout out goes to Evian Whitney. She is a sexuality doula, writer, facilitator, and sensualist. 
and she's amazing, and we both really resonated with this piece of hers the other day, so we're going to co-read it to each other. To each other. Well, yes, to each other. Oh, yeah. We're going to co-read it together. And all of you. To all of you as well, so please go and check her out. Mm. Uh, again, it's Evian Whitney. You can find her website. She's awesome. So, to begin, there she is, the too-much woman, the one who loves too hard, feels too deeply, asks too often, desires too much. There she is, taking up too much space with her laughter, her curves, her honesty, her sexuality. Her presence is as tall as a tree, as wide as a mountain. Her energy occupies every crevice of the room. Too much space, she takes. There she is, causing a ruckus with her persistent wanting, too much wanting. She desires a lot, wants everything. Too much happiness, too much alone time, too much pleasure. She'll go through brimstone, murky river, and hellfire to get it. She'll risk all to quell the longings of her heart and body. This makes her dangerous. She is dangerous. And there she goes, that too much woman, making people think too much, feel too much, swoon too much. She with her authentic prose and a self-assuredness in the way she carries herself. She with her belly laughs and her insatiable appetite and her proneness to fiery passion. All eyes on her, thinking she's hot shit. Oh, that too much woman. Too loud, too vibrant, too honest, too emotional, too smart, too intense, too pretty, too difficult, too sensitive, too wild, too intimidating, too successful, too fat, too strong, too political, too joyous, too needy, too much. She should simmer down a bit, be taken down a couple of notches. Someone should put her back in a more respectable place. Someone should tell her. Here I am the too-much woman, with my too-tender heart and my too-much emotions. A hedonist, feminist, pleasure-seeker, empath. I want a lot. Justice, sincerity, spaciousness, ease, intimacy, actualization, respect, to be seen, to be understood, your undivided attention and all of your promises to be kept. I've been called high maintenance because I want what I want, and intimidating because of the space I occupy. I've been called selfish because I am self-loving. I've been called a witch because I know how to heal myself. And still, I rise. Still, I want and feel and ask and risk and take up space. I must. Us too much women have been facing extermination for centuries. We are so afraid of her, terrified of her big presence, of the way she commands respect and wields the truth of her feelings. We've been trying to stifle the too-much woman for eons, in our sisters, in our wives, in our daughters. And even now, even today, we shame the too-much woman for her bigness, for her wanting, for her passionate nature. And still, she thrives. In my own world and before my very eyes, I am witnessing the reclamation and rising up of the too-much woman. That too-much woman is also known to some as the wild woman or the divine feminine. In any case, she is me, she is you, and she is loving that she's finally getting some airtime. If you've ever been called too much, or overly emotional, or bitchy, or stuck up, you are likely a too-much woman. 
And if you are, I implore you to embrace all that you are, all of your depth, all of your vastness, to not hold yourself in and to never abandon yourself, your bigness, your radiance. Forget everything you've heard. Your too muchness is a gift. Oh yes, one that can heal, incite, liberate, and cut straight to the heart of things. Do not be afraid of this gift, and let no one shy you away from it. Your too muchness is magic, is medicine. It can change the world. So please, too much woman, ask, seek, desire, expand, move, feel, be. Make your waves, fan your flames, give us chills. Please rise. We need you. We just, I don't think I we knew all what the we pain were of women, <laughs> all the ages of everything oh that's ever God. happened, and it was so hard. Yes, Ugh. that was cathartic. God, and, women have been treated uh, like shit. It's just too. It Why? Is, that's fucking too much. That's enough. Oh, anyway, friends, there you go. Please go and check out Evan Whitney, um, incredible artist, and thank you to her for that incredible piece of writing that really just names so many things that we need to have named. And so we will move on with our next shout out, which um, is a very important one today. And this is regarding sheroes and heroes doing the good work to confront and solve a sad and terrible phenomenon, which has come to be abbreviated MMIW. And if you don't know what that acronym means, it stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. In the United States, Indigenous women are 10 times more likely to be murdered than the national average. Murder is the third leading cause of death for Indigenous women in the United States. The youngest known victim of this epidemic was a baby, and the eldest was 83. This epidemic, and it is an epidemic, is taking place in many locations in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And in fact, we will hear more about this topic in our upcoming episode after this one. For now, I want to call attention to this and to shout out those working hard to rectify this. One excellent resource is the third season of Payne Lindsay's Up and Banished podcast, where he is covering the case of missing Blackfeet Nation woman named Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. He is using his platform and power for good, and I want to shout him and his team out for that. I also want to shout out Desi Lone Bear Rodriguez, who is from the Northern Cheyenne Nation and Chicana, and who is a doctorate and assistant professor of sociology and American Indian studies at UCLA. Her website says, quote, Desi's research examines the intersection of race, indigeneity, data, and inequality, end quote. And she's one of the people that Payne Lindsay talks to, so if you're a true crime nerd and also want to learn more about MMIW issues, I highly recommend um, getting into the Up and Vanished Season 3. The symbol of the MMIW movement is a red hand over the mouth of a woman. It is very powerful and speaks volumes without saying a word. To learn more and to get involved, you can visit the website mmiwusa.org. Their motto is, quote, threaten our existence, expect our resistance. Boom. Mm-hmm. And if you're really fired up, you can call them at 503-891-0040 or email mmiwusa at gmail.com. They have a beautiful quote from Black Elk on the website. 
We are not truly dead until the hearts of our women are on the ground. Mm. That being said, I think it will be a cold day in hell before indigenous women will lay down their hearts or be defeated because they are strong, resilient, and powerful. Previously, we have talked about Wilma Mankiller, a badass chief and war woman who changed things for her people for the good and for good, and whose work has been continually built upon since her passing. Also, we talked about artist, musician, and magical poet Joy Harjo, first Indigenous Poet Laureate of the U.S., and her amazing voice and power. And today we are adding another warrior woman in Shiro Supreme to our catalog of inspiring feminists. Writer, activist, teacher, brilliant mind, and woman you should absolutely know, Dr. Laneda Warjack. I see lots of hands clapping. Yes. Yes. Massive applause. We're going to get massively inspired and it doesn't have a sad ending. So yay. Yay. Good. Okay. Thank you to my sources for this biography. Good old trusty Wikipedia, NRDC org. A Teen Vogue article, and I am telling y'all, it is a great place to be over there at Teen Vogue. Go check it out. Um, this article by Delilah Friedler, uh, the podcast That Broad's Got Moxie with Kiana and Cassie, their episode uh, literally changing how you see, which I think their format is really cool because they're kind of doing what we're doing, but it's just like all sheroes. There's no zeros. They're just like celebrating amazing women um, and telling each other about them. So go check out their podcast, well, that's Moxie m- Friends. More beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like shining it light on the dark ones so we well, know how not to And be, we'll so. get to that later. And kids, <laughs> it's going to be so cathartic and fun. But anyway, um, YouTube, the Asia Book Center.com, the Red Nations podcasts interview with Lenata Warjack, which I highly recommend recommend and drwarjack.com. That's awesome. Yes. All right. So our Shiro was born Laneda Verne Boyer in 1947 on the Fort Hall Indian Reservation in Idaho to Olive May and Edward Queep Boyer. Her mother, Olive, was a World War II vet and had worked as a welder in the Vancouver shipyard before returning to the reservation. Her father was also a veteran serving in the U.S. Navy in Vancouver and would go on to chair the Shoshone-Bannock tribes of Idaho. And in the mid-70s, he founded the Shoshone-Bannock Legal Research Project to continue the cultural and civic protections of Native peoples. Laneda is descended on her mother's side from the Bannock chief Tagi and on her father's side from the war chief Ta Monma. Laneda, like many of those of her generation was sent into the American Indian boarding school system, which caused so much devastation and trauma to so many. Oh, God. Yeah. That old fucking piece mm-hmm. of shit again. Yeah. Laneda says, quote, children were beaten for speaking their native language, practicing their cultures, and following their own religions. It was their way of getting rid of the, quote, Indian problem. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can you fucking... So, yeah, if y'all don't know about the Indian boarding school system in the U.S. and Canada, you should give that a quick goog. It's been in the news lately, especially in Canada, where they found, oh. I don't know, dozens of bodies buried on I one of the school the sites. I thought the last count was 216,000 okay. children that had died under their care. I need to fact check that, but it was an astronomical it's a, number, it's and it was appalling. disgusting. Yeah, it's appalling. One is disgusting. Yeah. No, it's it's a whole other, I mean, can of worms, but please, friends, Oy. educate yourself. Okay, so back to our Shiro. Laneda was a good student, but was often in trouble for speaking out against the institutional environment and its cruelties. 
1965, at age 18, she moved to San Francisco in search of work through the U.S. government relocation program. This was another hideous assault on indigenous culture by the U.S. government, a program that encouraged Native peoples to leave their homeland and go to an urban area and assimilate. Basically, they would give them just enough money to get where they were going and maybe set up in a cheap place and then fuck you, good luck to you, goodbye. See, Uncle Sam wanted to decrease the subsidies to reservations so if they could get the young people to leave in search of work, those populations would go down. Greedy fuckers always. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lenata gets to California in 65. She marries a man named Theodore Means and they had two children. One was a son for sure, I have, I could not find all the details on Lenata's kids, so, um, but we know about the one son, and they had two kids together. Then they divorced in 1967. Not one to let that knock her down. Now 20 years old and with two babies, Lenata enrolled at UC Berkeley after being the first Native American student accepted there. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Almost immediately, Lenata got active, creating the Native American Student Organization and becoming its chair. Damn, yeah. You're going to love this lady, Roxy. Okay, so in January of 1969, Lenata became involved in the Third World Strike, another historical moment that everyone should learn more about. I'm just giving you a very brief on this. But basically, the strike demanded that the university include histories of communities of color in the curricula and that these classes were to be taught by people of color. Duh! But also, 1969. This strike united the students' the student groups from the African-American Student Union, the Asian-American Political Alliance, and the Mexican-American Student Conference. Because it was the 60s, and so it was rare to see women in positions of leadership, even in so-called radical movements, Lenata quickly became a symbol for indigenous feminism. The strike took three months, but the students, led by Lenata, were successful in getting the university to agree to launch its first ethnic studies department. Good for her. Go, Lenata and friends. I mean, fighting against academia is its own thing, and I have been there and and done a little of it myself, Mm -hmm. and it didn't go very well. Lenata persisted and had people that were like, yeah, this is fucked off. We got to change this shit. This is fucking badass. And she's like 22 years old at this point. She's amazing. Okay. I'm already a huge fan. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Okay. So we need a little backstory before we get into more of her badassery. And we're going to encounter some bonus sheroes. And quick sidebar, Moxie friends, if you hear snoring in the background, it's Cher. She really wanted to be in the studio for the recording. I could not get her to leave, so she's just snoozing and giving us some moral support. Anyway, that's the weird sound effect in case you Cher can... had a late night at the disco, so she tucked it out. Cher's having a, having a rest. <laughs> anyway, okay, so, backstory. In 1963, this is so cool. Belva Cotier, I think I'm saying that right. It might be Cotier. Anyway, um, Belva Cotier, a Rosebud Lakota social worker living in the Bay Area, read that the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary was to be closed and the property handed over to the city of San Francisco. But being brilliant, Belva remembered the 1868 Treaty of Fort Laramie, which stated that if property were surplus land of the government, the Lakota could claim it. She and her cousin went and found a copy of this treaty, and she planned and organized a small demonstration on March 8th of that year, 63. Mm. A group of about 40 went out to Alcatraz Island and occupied it. They publicly offered the government to pay what the government had initially offered them for this land, about 47 cents per acre, or $9 for the whole island. (laughs) Ha ha ha. 
good. This group went on to propose building a cultural center on the island. So, since this initial protest and negotiation with the government, everyone had been waiting. And what happened? In 1969, the fucking city supervisors granted approval for a billionaire developer to use the land for commercial purposes. No fucking way. So, on November 9th of 1969, Laneda, along with Richard Oakes and 12 other UC Berkeley students, went to Alcatraz to check it out. They went home the following day. At the time, there were these older dudes running things in what was called the United Council of the Bay Area, which was like the tribal groups that were working towards, you know, indigenous issues and things. Okay. Some of those guys had been part of the the occupation in 63. Well, and this is the occupation that inspired Wilma. It's interesting how things... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. These ladies. Okay, so... Laneda... I think that's right. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Lineda, being the brilliant woman that she is, encouraged her fellow students and collaborators to wait until the leadership was out of town. They were going to this, like, educational something-something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's like, uh, we'll wait till they leave, and then we'll go occupy the island. And they would call this group Indians of All Tribes, or I-O-A-T. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Lineda brought her two-year-old son, Danan, with her, and she was one of the only ones who would remain throughout the entire occupation. She wrote a grant proposal for $300,000 to create a cultural and university facility on the island. She wanted it to include Native American Studies, an American Indian Spiritual Center, an Ecology Center, and an American Indian Museum, and would include full-time Native consultants, teachers, librarians, and staff in order to tell the story of Indians of all tribes. Wow, that's an amazing thing. Can you imagine? Oh, man. That's like going back in time and scooping up as much of, you you know, what's been stolen from you and just reclaiming it mm-hmm. and putting healing around it. Yeah, and they were trying to do this in 1969. Fucking so badass. Throughout, Laneda was key in the leadership of the occupation, which at its height included more than 400 people on Alcatraz. Everyone, by the way, was unarmed. Women like Aranyado... Woesha Cloud North and Vicky Santana ran a school for the children. Jenny Joe and Dorothy Lone Wolf Miller worked as nurses. There were also two men who were doctors on staff. Aranyado Luanda Quitiquit ran the kitchen. And while both native and non-native people were doing their best to keep the island supplied with essentials, the Coast Guard had set up a blockade to try to cut them off. Mm. I'm flipping off the Coast Guard of the past, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> since you can't see... And it's ridiculous. Um, Okay. So, all told, the occupation lasted from November 20th of 1969 to June 11th, 1971, over a year and a half. That's fucking great. Mm Mm-hmm. And while there were men functioning as, quote, spokespeople and counsel, it was Laneda keeping it all going, along with the other women. Fellow activist Dean Chavers said that Laneda was, quote, the real leadership of the occupation. Mm-hmm. So let the record show. Yep. Laneda says in the interview in Teen Vogue, quote, We wanted to bring to the forefront that every single one of more than 500 treaties were broken by the federal government. We were going through the termination era when the states imposed taxes and would eventually take over our land. At the same time, they were practicing sterilization on women through the Indian Health Service. God. End quote. I just... Mm-hmm. This very visible protest raised the voices of Native Americans in that era, drawing attention to the iniquity that has persisted and sadly continues to this day. 
Lenata talks in the interview I listened to about how for these students, the people of her generation, that for them to identify as, a, as indigenous, as Native American, was a big deal because the system had worked so hard to rob them of that. And so when these kids were embracing their heritage, they didn't quite know where to start. And they each had to kind of go back to their heritage and try to figure out what that meant for them. And so the reclaiming of Native American identity was a very big deal. She says, quote, we are the children and grandchildren of the ones who got away. Mm. <sighs> you know, the treaties part is really disturbing. And in college, I did cultural anthropology classes and took a bunch of them on studying what our charming government had done to these people. And just even on a test, having to put back on paper the number of fucking treaties that had been made and broken was just mm -hmm. staggering. Mm -hmm. No fucking worth to anything. Uh, no, no. Whitey. I think that's what the term Indian giver means. It means it we're going to give you something and we're going to fucking I take it back. I was thinking about that term the other day because I knew we were going to do this today. Mm -hmm. And remembering that we used to say that when we were kids even mm -hmm. and that it meant yeah you're being a fucking asshole yeah you're being a white lying yeah, yeah. piece of shit uh-huh asshole yeah you're being a fucking patriarchy giver yeah that's right Ugh. anyway other movements the good news about this is that other movements grew out of this occupation the quote trail of broken treaties a cross-country caravan in 1972 starting on the west coast and ending at the department of the interior headquarters in washington dc which included 700 activists from more than 200 tribes and 25 states there was the occupation of the bia or bureau of indian affairs also in 72 which lenata was also a part of oh okay now i am yeah, okay, that's cool. The Wounded Knee Occupation in 1973 and the Longest Walk in 1978, led by the American Indian Movement. It was a walk across the country to support tribal sovereignty and to bring attention to problematic treaties and began with a ceremony on Alcatraz. The sacred pipe used in that ceremony was carried the entire 3,200 miles to the U.S. Capitol. Oh, that just makes my heart so happy, and it's, like, really powerful. These people were doing some beautiful, amazing things. Yes, they were. And now I have a shocker for you, Roxy. Uh, dead Prez Dickie Nixon is going to get a bit of a shout-out here. Really? This is maybe the most shocking thing about this story to me. Well, no, I like that to hear that somebody that's a complete bastard has a good moment. Mm -hmm. Well, we have one here. It's refreshing, I have to say. Refreshing. Um, okay. So, Lenata says, quote, Nixon stopped the termination laws and implemented the 1975 Indian Self-Determination and Education Assistant Assistance Act so we could run our own programs on the reservations. He implemented a lot of important legislation and doubled and tripled the funding. The first and only president that did that, end quote. Well, fucking props to Richard Nixon. Props to Nixie. And also, what? Fuck you, Clinton. Fuck you, Obama. Fuck you, uh, Uncle Joe and Aunt Kamala while we're at it. And I have no respect for any of that. Damn. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Nixon fucking outshone all of you in terms of making things even a little less fucked for indigenous people. So, like, do better. <laughs> Nixon's a low bar. Also, I need to kind of go back and look at Nixon again, I feel like. Well, Maybe I still have I beef something. with Nixon over a lot of things, <laughs> well, but yeah. not this. Yeah. I, I will give him credit where it's due. Yeah, it's so, fair. Yeah. 
Now, after the occupation of Alcatraz, and I feel it is a very important story, which is why I spent some time on it, uh, we'll go back to Lenata's life story. She finished with her degree in 1971, graduating with honors in Native American law and politics. She co-founded the Native American Rights Fund and went on to serve on the board for 10 years. Relocating to Washington, D.C., Lenata went to law school at the Antioch School of Law. When she finished in 1974, she returned to the Shoshone-Bannock Reservation and ran for tribal council. Though she didn't win that time, she did two years later and served on that council from 1976 to 78. Good for her. Mm-hmm. In 1979, she married Alvin Ray James, a member of the Paiute Nation. They had at least one daughter together, though, again, I'm cloudy on the details around Lenata's kids, which is kind of great. Like, none of my business, really? None of no. any of our businesses? But we'll we'll mention the daughter again in a minute. Anyway, they moved to Nevada and operated a ranch using permaculture for their organic garden, and Lenata earned a certificate in permaculture design in 1985. What's permaculture? Well, it's like this system of organic gardening where you build these kind of beds that are very nutrient rich and you keep enriching those beds and you get it to the point where you don't have to do like weeding and stuff because you've strategically planted and nourished everything Mm -hmm. it just is self-sustaining after a while it's a whole like theory and system it's very cool Things I work. probably should have work. learned about, but, mm. you know, I yeah. have issues with um, insect, the insect kingdom. So. Well, yes, you're not a garden witch, and that's okay. <laughs> no one's holding it against you. <laughs> that's what my human But Renata is, apparently. <laughs> she is. a permaculture yeah. witch. I love it. That's awesome. So, in 1990, Lenata and Alvin split up, and she returned to Idaho and enrolled in a master's program at Idaho State and got her degree in public administration. In 1999, she graduated with a Ph.D. in political science, becoming the first member of her tribe to earn a doctorate. Wow. And it was at this point that she stopped using either her maiden or married surnames, Boyer, Means, or James, and instead used her tribal name, Warjack. Bam! Yes, we love it. She has continued her work and her activism, including the Standing Rock protest of 2016. And by the way, in a stunning defeat, the Dakota Access Pipeline, which threatened water supplies for the Standing Rock Lakota and Cheyenne River Lakota tribes, was shut down in August of 2020. And so a massive moxie shout out to all of the sheroes and heroes and theyros who put their bodies on the line to protect the water. We applaud and thank you. Yeah. God, yeah. That we're even still having to convince people that clean water is like is important hello worth preserving i don't know not a uh, anyway <laughs> don't, an, get me, don't get me don't get me i've been mad about this since i was 10 it's years just, old oh, anyway okay yeah. <clears throat> so Lenata founded the nonprofit organization the atzlana foundation that's a-t-z-l-a-n-a i hope i'm pronouncing it relatively well which focuses on protecting indigenous rights to air land fishing and water She is a distinguished professor at Boise State University and teaches Native law and governess courses. She published a book in 2019 called Native Resistance, an Intergenerational Fight for Survival and Life. Lenata's old friend and colleague, member him, Dr. Dean, Dr. Dean Chavers now, who, you know, was her colleague back in, you know, student in the early 70s with her. He's the author of Racism in Indian Country, as well as 20 other books. He says in praise of her book. Lenata was the first Indian student at UC Berkeley in 1968 and has been our leader for 50 years while maintaining the purity of her beliefs all the way through. She is also one of the first Native people to earn a doctoral degree. 
Laneda was the leader of the Indian occupation of Alcatraz Island in 1969, which led to the most earth-shaking changes in Indian country during my lifetime. The return of the Blue Lake to the Pueblo of Taos, the return of Mount Adams to the Yakima tribe, the return of sacred lands to the Pitt River tribe, and many more such actions were the direct result of her leadership. It makes me cry. I know. <laughs> I could actually like see the different pieces of like parts of the land because i've seen some of that Mm -hmm. stuff and it's like she did that yeah it's fucking amazing and notably i want to go learn from her (laughs) i want to take a class from her like maybe a lot of classes i know right also notably her daughter jessica james is the youth manager of the shoshone bannock tribes i thought that was cool I like the name, too. Jessica James. Mm -hmm. And so, for your incredible mountain-moving moxie, your brilliant mind and leadership, and your radical work on behalf of all Native people, especially women, that you have done and continue to do, we celebrate you and hold you in our Hall of Honor here at Sheroes and Zeros, Dr. Laneda Warjack. Applause. Massive applause. My God. Right? Everyone should fucking know Lenita Warjack's name. I didn't know Lenita Warjack's name until we decided that we were going to, you know, take the month of November and do the right thing with it. The right thing, you yeah. know, which is to draw attention to what's happening to Native women in this country still. I mean, we're still here. We're still here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a... But Yes, fucking yes, Lenata Warjack. And That's I love right. your fucking name and I love you and yes to all of that. Yes. And I want to be part of it. And yes. Exactly. I thought, yeah, she's an incredible woman. We should all know who she is and the work we that should. she's done has changed things. Tell her story. Talk, yeah. Say her name. You yeah. Know? Like, and, that's, that's and listen, the one there's, way of helping. There's lots of stuff on YouTube. I, like I said, the Red Nation podcast, that's a really great talk. You can hear Lenata talking in her own words about yeah. the Alcatraz stuff and other things. And she's an incredibly cool, brilliant, like very, she's like grounded and just, I don't know. She's a, she's an amazing lady. So it's an honor to get to share her story today. And I have one beautiful quote from her for the end after we do our trip down to zero town. Oh, I don't want to go there. I like Lene. I want to stay with Lene. We can stay in the glory of Lene's I'm a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of this, this asshole. Oh no, we're anti fans of this asshole. That is Um, correct. In fact, I might need to... We can take a break. We had to take a little breather after all of that, and now we are back, and I can't wait. We're going down to Zero Town in a big, a big, lame, pasty way. Very big, lame, pasty way. Oh, today, friends, we're going to be talking about the vanilla bougie award-winning shit show that is Gwyneth Paltrow. Boo! Boo! Rubbish! Boo! Boo. Boo. Sources are goop.com, biography.com, usweekly.com, thelist.com, and the very fitting cheatsheet.com. Let's get into, I'm going to call her Gwyneth P. 
Mm-hmm. Little Gwynny P. is the daughter of Tony Award-winning actress Blythe Danner and television producer Bruce Paltrow. Having been born with money and connections meant Gwynny P. didn't have to try very hard at much of anything, especially being a decent human being. And if you think that sounds harsh, Moxie Peeps, please allow me to finish. Gwynny starred in a number of films before winning an Oscar for Best Actress for her role in Shakespeare in Love in 1999. Yes, I'm jumping ahead in her life because... I don't really care. Uh, an Oscar that is questionable, but we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Gwenny is not only an actress, she's also a creator of a tacky company called Goop. Goop. A lifestyle brand. My lifestyle's goopy. <laughs> I've got goop coming out of my I mean, my she couldn't have picked brain. a more accurate name. It's weirdly honest. It's just goop. It's just goop. You know, you put it in your hair and it makes it stiff and weird. (laughs) I mean, I don't get it, but whatever. Moxies, if you want to know just how delusional and out of touch this bourgeoisie asshat is, go to the Goop website, I implore you. (laughs) Gwynny sells and or recommends very, unless you're wealthy like her, expensive products. (laughs) And quite useless on top of that Mm. and uh i feel like it's worth the when you start looking at it and you know click on something and look at the price and all Mm -hmm. of that it's worth the wtf eye roll laugh like cackle Uh because that's insane Uh and then gag yeah go buy shit on etsy (laughs) exactly (laughs) boom yes so definitely go to goop.com i don't who even wants to say that like goop she is a goop (laughs) yeah she is but don't take our word for it (laughs) take gwenny's I'm going to share just a sample of the vapid statements Gwynny's been serving all of us over the years, and then we will get to the biggest reason Ms. Gwynny P is a Z, as in zero. But back to the sample platter. Yes, please. Serve it up. Mm, Here we go. First, (laughs) first item. Appetizers. Mm -hmm. Gwynny said, and I quote, I'd rather smoke crack than eat cheese from a tin. You know, crack might be extreme, but spray cheese is not my kind of party. Oh, Gwenny, I beg to differ. She also said, I am who I am. I can't pretend to be somebody who makes 25000 a year. This, Moxie friends, is simply code for Gwenny can't imagine being something so ordinary in this world as, oh, I don't know what. What do you call it? Poor? Oh, yeah, a poor. Mm-hmm. She can never pretend to be a poor. And yet... Am I wrong? Isn't she a professional actress? Yeah, well, I don't know. Allegedly? Allegedly. Mm. Mm. Yeah. High air air quotes around professional. (laughs) But more on that in a moment. Well, here's another another tasty dish. It tastes less, really. Mm -hmm. Beauty fades. I just turned 29, so I probably don't have that many good years left in me. Girl, you didn't have that many good years to begin with, because you're... (laughs) trash mayonnaise but okay wow self-hating ageist twat i mean right exactly cool yeah she's just i mean how can people even tolerate looking at her now she's got to be like what 40 she's 48 as a matter of fact i mean does she admit to that 
Oh, yes. Mm, I oh, down. wait. We'll get oh, to wait. that in mm. a second, though. Hang She's on putting a goop on her face, so it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll get to something else that she did and, and said that, you know, mm-hmm. gets to the 48. Uh, but here, here's the dessert round. I would rather die than let my kid eat cup of soup. So we're back to the, oh my God, I could so not be a peasant bullshit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She sounds like Marie Antoinette. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. But well, not. Only she's not her. Only she's not. Yeah. She's a basic white bitch from California. <laughs> okay, Gwenny. Okay. I'm not going to quote this because it's so fucking reckless, but you all may easily find it. It seems Gwenny P feels like she's not thin enough. And she has blamed her weight gain on getting COVID-19. And yes, the receipts are there. Okay. So. Interesting. What? Her weight gain on COVID? If you look at anything to do with it. What? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. It makes total sense, Gwenny. Because this cardboard cutout of a real woman is so fucking basic and boring, I'll end with this quote from her. So you get another dessert. But do take my word for it, friends. This prince ass has said many more stupid and shallow things of zero worth and interest. Little Gwenny P gave us all a lesson on culture when she said, I love the English way, which is not as capitalistic as it is in America. People don't talk about work and money. They talk about interesting things at dinner parties. Oh, my God. (laughs) She thinks she lives in Downton Abbey. (laughs) She thinks she's fucking Lady Bracknell or something. What even? She played Emma in Jane, you know, the Jane Austen (laughs) Emma. It's like she thinks she's her. She never left. Well, she was never Emma because Emma, like, redeemed herself. I mean, I don't know, Gwen. You could become Emma if you, like, decide to turn it around today and I'll give you credit if you do. If I'm going to get Richard Nixon anything. I mean, if Dickie Nicky can pull it out at some point, maybe so can Gwenny Goop, but we'll we'll fucking (laughs) see. Oh, that's the new one so yeah all of this is a bit over the top and gwen's gooptastrophe is also disgusting given that this woman clearly does not need more money the stupidity and and the greediness is not why i chose this fool yeah gwenny is not only a classist asshole she is also a turd extraordinaire when it comes to the way she treats people mm-hmm. even so-called friends mm-hmm. back in the 90s Gwenny p and winona Ryder were close friends and roommates winona was in talks to play the lead in shakespeare in love you know the movie that landed Gwenny an oscar uh-huh that one mm-hmm. that really fucking big deal one remember the oscar speech and the pink dress and like my friend said you need to eat a cheeseburger bitch mm, i agree with you a friend Gwenny stole the script from Ryder, used her connections, got an audition, the part, and the prize. But did she? Not really. Gwenny's talent and compassion are paper thin, while Ryder seems to be the real deal, a genuine person who was genuinely hurt by Gwendolyn's, oh, I don't know, what the English might call treachery? Backstabbery? Uh, yeah. Betrayal? Shitbaggery? Yes! All of those things. Very, very unbecoming. It's uncouth. She's extremely fucking tacky is what she is. She's a jerk. Mm. And, 
you know, is she the worst person ever? Mm, no. And yes, because here's the thing. Gwendolyn, and she's not really Gwendolyn, but yes, I can call her that if I want to, because it's our show. <laughs> Gwyneth could not be more different than our Shiro for today. No. She has money. She has power. She's always had these things, it, mm-hmm. it appears to me, yep. anyway. Yep. These are two things that you can use in this world to lift other people up, you know? And women should always be doing that for everyone and for every creature, but especially for other women, given the shit show that we're living in. Absolutely. Empowered women empower women. That's the deal. Always. Empowered women don't body shame. They don't make snide remarks about aging. They don't sell stupid and expensive bullshit to make more money than they will ever need. And they don't sell their soul for a part in an, in a movie. Especially knowing with those connections and that power, the next movie could have been her. You know, any number of other great opportunities could have and would have come her way. She was hot shit at that point. Like, everybody yeah. wanted to hire her. She want, They wanted her for Titanic. Instead, they wanted her for all kinds she of She fucking big. steals an opportunity from her quote quote best friend and that's yeah. the thing she's the kind of bitch doesn't have real friends because she can't be a real friend to anyone Ugh, she makes me sick anyway. yeah i mean lenate is a friend to the world and yeah and that is what a shiro is and that's why we we yes. always show you both sides of it because it's important to look at both sides of it I don't care if you don't have money and power you st- you still have power whether you know you do or not and you can use it to do good things. Absolutely. To pay it forward or however you want to phrase that. So this is why I chose Gwyneth Paltrow. She bears all the hallmarks of the white heteronormative patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And this is why she just landed a mansion in Zeroville. Boo! Boo! Rubbish! Filth! Slime! Muck! Boo! 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 Oh, and Gwenny. I have two words for you. Just two. Winona forever. I want to do standing ovation for Winona forever mm-hmm. and then big fat booze for Gwynny P for patriarchy. I like Gwynny Goop. <laughs> well, I was thinking, are those her initials? Gwyneth Olivia Octavia Paltrow. <laughs> And that's her initials. They're Goop. I don't know what her middle names are, if she even has any, but... That makes it even better. That's her initials. She is Goop. Oh, she's Do better. Do Do better. better. Yeah. We're calling you out on your bullshit. For sure. Well, now that we've taken uh, Miss Goopy Pants to task, let's return to our Shiro for a little closing thought before we go to our recommendation station. So, I will leave us with these brilliant words from Lenata Warjack. When asked about matriarchy, she says this, quote, That's just living within the natural law, and the natural law is balance. It's the male and the female, not like the patriarch, which is made up and is male. Matriarch is a concept that all indigenous people worldwide practiced at one time until they were corrupted. Even though the men won't recognize it, they're going through that colonization process and they have to be woken up. We have to acknowledge what's happening in terms of the murdered and missing indigenous women. It's because of the patriarchy and how the men look down upon us. We represent Mother Earth and the way we get treated is the way that society treats the earth. Boom on that too. 
I've been thinking, oh, God, yes. She just tied everything, it all together. Everything, yeah. everything. And, and she's absolutely right. I was thinking about this the other day, and I mentioned it yesterday to a woman that I talk to from time to time. That sounds weird. It's not weird, friends. I'm weird. <laughs> it's her imaginary friend. Don't tell her. <laughs> anyway, just I was kidding. saying, you know, like, exactly what Lene is saying. And so I was thinking about how uh, I'd watched this video of a bulldozer digging up trees so this <laughs> jackass could build a swimming pool. And I guess I shouldn't hate somebody for wanting to build a swimming pool, but I kind of do a little bit because they're like taking all these trees out and like you can see their roots and you know, it's a, it's a sentient being and like, yeah, it's, <sighs> It's like the our veins it's a are. Yeah. It's, it's just it's gross, and I was like, the reason it's not valued is because it is tied to women, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And until women are valued, this is going to continue to be well, a shit right. show. Because ra- patriarchy is rape culture, yes. and that extends to how we treat the planet, and how everything. we treat animals, and how we treat children, and how we treat women, and how we treat everything. So, I'm here for the Lenatas, y'all, Moxie yes, friends. Yes, Don't be a goop, be a Lenata Warjack. <laughs> that might be a title. <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, wrap up with some recommendations. Do you have any? Hmm. I did, I did before. Before I asked <laughs> you? Before you asked me. Uh, I'll just sit and stew on that for just a second. Yeah, you think about it. I have stew a few. A I have a couple. I like stew. I love, it's, it's like season. stew weather. I can't I wait. It's on my list. I'm going to go get soup I, stuff later. Yes. If you have Netflix, you can watch an incredible and arguably, I think probably at this point, my now new favorite Western ever that I've seen, because I'm not a huge Western fan. Roxy and I have talked about this a lot. Part of it is that everything's brown and sad and dusty, and it's just kind of too much. Mm-hmm. But this one is called The Harder They Fall, which is written and directed by James Samuel and stars Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beetz, Idris Ilba, Danielle Deadweiler, and the queen that is Regina King. And it's a great movie. I will say it's a little long, but it's worth it. And like the visual, the cinematography of it is just absolutely stunning. The use of color, the acting, the writing, all the great like Western moments that you want to see in a Western. So huge props to that whole um, creative team. And I highly recommend it. Even if you're not a Western fan, like I'd say it's a worth great Western is a, is a yeah. great Western, and what makes them great is because they're they're kind of rare. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's true. I mean, when it's well done, it is fucking magic. It's great, yeah. yeah. And then also, and I know this probably came out like a few years ago. Again, I've said often like Foxy's not always in the loop. I mean, it's like a little bit of a delay getting over to my brain sometimes. But anyway, I watched. Um, Tiffany Haddish's stand-up special, Black Mitzvah, and I'm going to make Roxy watch it with me later, but it had me just literally cry laughing and, like, you know, when you just, like, have to, like, beat your leg or pound the bed because it's so funny, you can't stand it. Like, it's so good, and she's a fucking genius, and she's a super shero badass. Like, she has worked so hard to be where she is in her life, and I just, like, celebrate her, so, like... One, it's an amazing, hilarious, beautiful comedy special, which you should totally watch, but also just, like, bonus shout-out for Tiffany Haddish being a fucking queen. I live for her. Um, anything else? Did you think of anything? No. I've been... I've not been spending as much time doing that, really. Well, I have one more recommendation, which I know we both... You've watched these. Um, the Fenty... 
Savage yes. X fashion shows. Oh my like, god. They're on Amazon and or at least one of them is. That and, is Oh, it's Oh, Rihanna. Rihanna's going to get a highlight on the show at some point before too long. Um, but we are both huge fans. And if you want to just be like super moxie inspired by incredible magic, go and check that out. It's amazing. But yeah, that's all I have right now. Uh, I did want to say y'all, we have an exciting update on this show, which is to tell you that we now have a YouTube channel. Yes. Yes. And so we're working on getting all of our season two podcasts up on there. It's taking a little learning curve, so that will be coming soon. But in the meantime, we have a few little kind of ad spot doodads we've done, some little silly videos. So it's um, M-O-X-I-E and then sisters is spelled S-I-S-T-E-R-X. So you can easily find us on the YouTube, but we would love it if you would go check it out and hit subscribe. We'd like to get get people over to the party and we're going to hope to be making lots more content on that channel in the yes, coming year and um but yeah in the meantime we'll be giving some moxie magic updates and we'll have some other exciting news coming soon for the winter season yes that'll be fun also y'all can find us on tiktok mm-hmm. under roxy and foxy moxie so if you're not youtubers and you're more into the tiktok yeah. you can go there yeah. same videos just different vibe you know yeah whatever yeah whatever you're into <laughs> and we're on the instagram mm-hmm. and we're on the facebook and yeah. we have a gmail uh you can send us a letter an old school email letter an electronic <laughs> mail <laughs> Um, but we would love to hear from all get of y'all about yes, and get out your parchment get paper. Your, yes, and... get your homing pigeons or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anywho, we would love to hear from you in terms of um, we're going to be starting to plan our season three lineup for next year, and we would love to hear about what sheroes and or zeros you would like for us to cover. So send us an email or drop us a DM on the Facebook or the Insta. We will be looking for your beautiful messages. Oh, and if you would be so kind and you're on the Apple Podcasts or another podcatcher that has a rating and reviewing system, if you wouldn't mind just popping us a little five-star moment and maybe saying a little blurb about why you like the show. Yes. Um, That would be great. That would be great. We would love to get more people in the Moxie Circle. And so if you feel so inspired, please share uh, these links or uh, different ways to connect with any of your Moxie sister siblings out there that you think might jive with what we're doing over here. So. Yeah, and if you, especially if you all know more about some of these women that mm, we've covered. Absolutely. Weigh in, like, share share yes. the info. We would love if to know. If we've gotten anything and... wrong, please tell oh, us. Oh, that too, yeah. Um, all this stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with another new and exciting Shiro Zero combo for you, and I'm really looking forward to that one. And, um, yeah, and we'll be telling you more about our upcoming events and newses on that day. That sounds good. But anyway, please keep enjoying and celebrating Indigenous people, uh, Indigenous Heritage Month by learning and educating yourselves, listening to Indigenous voices. Um, I, again, want to shout out the Red Nation podcast. That's a great place to go look. But, you know, check out Joy Harjo. Check out Wilma Mankiller. Check out Lenata Warjack. And then go from there. These ladies will inspire you. And these are stories that have been so actively hidden and downplayed and whitewashed over the years. They really need to be told. So they do. And in their voices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just here. You to, can just put yeah. their names in. They'll come up on YouTube. You can find these. Ladies yeah. You speaking can see in their them, own voices. Yeah. Giving speeches and talking. Yeah. It's and, great to see and hear. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
So spread the good word and take care of yourselves and um, own your own moxie. Be a too much woman. That's a right. A too much person. That's right. Unless you're white, cis, hetero male, and you might just like back it up just a Maybe little bit, Maybe just turn it down about 11 yeah, notches. Yeah, turn it down and... Just like take yeah, a seat and all. let others speak. That would be great. Mm-hmm. We love you, all of you, we everyone. Do. Thank you for being with us. And until next time, Moxie's out. <laughs> I don't want to pull a Shatner. I got to read this real fast in my head. Yeah, yeah, no. no. Fuck around. No I don't worries. Do because sometimes a word will surprise me. I'll be like, that is not the right uh, emotion for that word. Oh, God. We're going to have to wait till that's over. Can you please lay down? Good. Good dog. Good What's dog. funny is I don't even notice that that's the scary thing. Well, like, that's not going to sound great on the podcast. Dog slurps water. Hello, No, it's like... Various investigation... A sister shout out. Okay, mm. let me say that again because Cher's licking her paws and going to sleep. Okay, she'll be snoring soon, but for now... Paul licking sound effects. Okay. And in, in, okay, let me take a break. Let's take a break. That was a lot. It was kind of a lot up at the top. <laughs> that was a big, heavy duty that opening real for our heavy. Yeah. <laughs> first November show. <laughs> Welcome to November. That means, no, we're not having any more patriarchy. No, we will not be silenced. No, you can fuck right off. And no, you're not allowed to fucking murder indigenous women without consequences. And yes, we will take up every fucking bit of space to make sure that that does not happen. Uh, yes. All right. So. <laughs> cut that if it didn't make sense. No, I think everything will all make sense in the end. <laughs> I hope. I'm just so like, Burr. yeah, I know. We need it. I need to like come on back. The Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Federal Penitentiary. Let me just start that over. <laughs> it's not a fun word, and I hate it. No. A Rosebud Lakota so- social worker living in the Bay Area read that the Alcatraz Federal Pe- Penitentiary. Fuck. La, 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 la. And Luinda quit quit ran the kitchen quit a quit lo- reloadicating. Reloadica- <laughs> uh, that's the word that had to come out so I can get to the real one. Let me take a sip of it. Hell, I know what it means. <laughs> okay. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it might make more sense. <laughs> reloadicating. I gotta reloadicate some shit. I mean, you're reloading and you, you are. Uh, yeah. Re- it's you're to unload, that. reload. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. Many loads. <laughs> so many loads. <laughs> I need we a cigarette. A We're gonna take a little break, friends, and come back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my shoe bulger that way. Well, we just missed it. I haven't hit record yet. <laughs> and there's Cher scratching at the door, like, "Oh, are you recording? Hi, hi, hey, hey, back in. I got some stuff to say to people. Snorts and thoughts and snores. Goop out. I took a goop two days ago. <laughs> Don't put that in. Oh my god. Put in the outtakes. <laughs> I don't know. Does it go like that in Fancy Town? I don't know. Does she eat? I don't know. Can I have a smoothie and some wheat germ grass? Goop juice? Can I have some goop juice? Mm-hmm. But light. Just a light goop juice. Just a, maybe a... Just like a, sh- <laughs> a half a shot glass full of goop juice. <laughs> I don't know. That's asking a lot. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
Let me gag for a second. <laughs> it's not uh, obviously a new thought for me, but yeah, I go it is a new thought for me. It's not for fucking fix it. <laughs> it's okay. Strike that. <laughs> Begin again. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, okay, well, so for y'all, though, y'all, though, that's not even English words. I don't know. It kind of works around Y'all, though. Uh, <laughs> that's my new catchphrase. Y'all, though, listen. Uh, that's kind of funny. Okay. Mark that for later. Mm. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Yeah. <laughs>